This show is short, sweet, and full of meaning. Aiden gives people the safe space to share their story and nostalgia and create community with ease. Love the throwbacks to classic Christian hits and songs from youth group years. Five stars. Uh, that's a review that's just been left on Apple Podcasts by GodGal underscore one for songs that changed you. Hey, it's Aiden here. Welcome to another edition. And boy, do I have a good one for you. Luke Holt from the Luke and Susie show is a man that I don't get to hang out with too often, but when I do, I always walk away with something. There's always some bit of knowledge that he's just dropped and my jaw is on the floor. Today's episode is no exception. In fact, it's a long one because I just couldn't work out what to edit out. There is so much awesomeness in the next 25 minutes for you. So hopefully you get as much out of this as I certainly did just sitting down with Luke. Uh, Please let me know if you enjoyed the episode like GodGal underscore one did. Leave a review. Chuck it up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or just share it around. Let your friends know about the episode and spread the word that way. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Yes, welcome back to Songs That Change You, the podcast where we discuss music that's had an effect on somebody's life, impacted it in a significant way, and excited today to be joined by Luke Holt. Hey. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, fighting fit and glad to be here. Now, I probably should have prefaced a, a little bit of an intro like Luke Holt from the Luke and Susie show that's national. How many stations are you on these days? 27. 27. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah around uh, most of Australia. Um, just unimportant places like Sydney missing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our Sydney yeah, listeners. Anyone who's in Sydney and wants to change that, then uh, get in touch. LukeandSusie.com. <laughs> Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, particularly for the people in yeah. Sydney, well, okay. <laughs> who know less. So I've been I've been doing the the radio thing for twenty something years. I was a youth pastor before that, and uh, seven years at Red Rooster before that, uh, managing stores and uh, cutting chickens. It was just one of the most elite times of my life. Sure, I um, do a radio show with my wife, which most people take great joy in trying to hear when we're actually fighting with each other because we're supposed to sound happy and like we like each other, sure. and most of the time we do, and occasionally. I say something stupid off air and people go, well, how do you get through? And I just talk about the fact that we learnt in our marriage to master the art of the three-minute fight. Because in life, you can have a fight. In real marriage, you, you test this. It could go for hours. Yeah. You try and not make it go for days, but it can feel like it goes on. Whereas in a radio studio, I say something, we hit play on a song... I've got the length of that Justin Bieber track in order to sound like we like each other again. And these days with TikTok songs and stuff, they're getting shorter sure. and shorter. Right. Like, right. you got to really get those fights to sing. And so at times at home when a fight was dragging on, we go, right, let's play a song. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to the end of it to time the, turn the mics on and like each other again. So it's helped our marriage in a lot of ways. Oh, uh, so in the midst of that show, we've been doing that uh, for, for the last eight or nine years. And it's almost like it's the time we get to date. Like it's like dating doing the show because spend time together. My job, and and not just time together, but time together. We're supposed to have fun and enjoy ourselves, and so that's been a a great pleasure. And I love being a part of radio because I just love connecting with people, and that's everything that Luke and Susie shows about. 
Awesome. Well, we're here to discuss a song that has changed your life in a yeah. significant way. What have you chosen, Luke? Uh, Baby Shark. Um, <laughs> okay. Is, well, actually, then you said <laughs> I had to be... sink in the teeth in yeah. this one. <laughs> it's interesting because I've got lots of songs that have meant something to me, but I really sat thinking about what's a song that's changed me specifically that, that I can remember. And I'm going to wind right back to early in my faith, and it's an old classic DC Talk track, uh, What If I Stumble? And I, I chose it not just because it changed me, because I think the world would be a better place if we had a lot more echo whisper rap. <laughs> Um, and I think they really nailed that genre. I mean, they they were probably the only one really to execute the genre of the Echo Whisper rap, but I mm, think it was potentially. So we're talking 1995. This comes as the third single from the Jesus Freak album, which I want to say is their third album as well. The first one of actually uh, music you'd admit to listening to in public. Sure. Yeah. Well, the reason for that is because of there was a change in their Mm. style and direction and things. They definitely lent on that grunge sort of sound that came through in the 90s. Where were you in 1995 when this song came out? What did your life look like and things? All right. I was a, a young guy at a fairly new faith. I grew up in a Christian home and I want to sort of, it's important for me to trace back a little bit of the story beforehand. And, and I grew up in a family that, that was loving, that wasn't abusive, that had a faith and, and wanted to live that faith out. And so for all intents and purposes, that sounds like a beautiful and lovely and stable upbringing. But there was lots of things that weren't. It was also mum had poor mental health. She battled agoraphobia, um, depression, nervous breakdowns. Dad was an Aussie bloke who didn't know how to do anything to express love to his family except work hard. And it was the 90s. Like, that's pretty common yep. for, for dads around Australia. And he was a, a beautiful man that was trying to do his best for his family. But, but in the midst of everything else that goes on, in retrospect, I can look back and go, I needed him more than I needed his hard work. Provision. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I can see that in some of the stuff that was going on. So I, that they lost uh, uh, their first son. He had a heart surgery and then was force-fed by a nurse and was bleeding internally without them knowing. And he passed away because of that negligence. And so they had this pain right from where we go. They were dealing with their own stuff yeah. that started their breakdown. And my brother that was adopted was troubled with the law and addiction. And he, he goes off, they go through this trauma with that. And then there's a whole lot of stuff that I can see was going on in their life. But then I was this kid who was learning very early in life that everybody will let you down. Yeah. That everybody will be missing when you need them most. And so I started to build these, these walls of defense. And that defense was I'll push everybody away before they have a chance to let me down. So that was building up in my life and I was becoming more and more aware of the brokenness within me. And so when, when God first got a hold of my life, one of the songs that really kind of, I remember standing um, in an open space at, a, at one night where I was in tears singing this old scripture and song, um, Something Beautiful. Something beautiful Something good Oh my God All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. 
And at that point, I was feeling that brokenness. And it was just this beauty that God brought in to say, he took whatever was broken in me and he made something beautiful. And that was, I remember the, the cherishing that moment early in my faith. But by the time this DC Talk song came out, I was starting to become so much more aware of the next part of my journey. How old are you at this point? I'm 17. Okay. And, and then this song comes with the question, what if I stumble, which, which highlights to the, a, a statement that someone said to me that I think was supposed to inspire me. And we've probably all heard it, but it was a, you might be the only Jesus that someone meets. Mm -hmm. And I went, what the heck are you doing, God? <laughs> that you would leave it to that. Leave it up to me. Like, I'm the broken one that only has value because you brought something beautiful in my life. And while I cherish the something beautiful, what I was realized now in retrospect is that I only valued anything in me as beautiful based on what God had done with me retrospectively. That inside was still this broken, unlovable boy that this was the some of the stuff I had to unpack in later on in life. But so when I was feeling this about me, I didn't have value, only the something beautiful that God brought into me. And someone says, You might be the only Jesus. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Yeah. What on earth is this pressure? And what is interesting looking back at the lyrics of this song of What If I Stumble, there's no answer to their question. But is what if I stumble, what if I fall, what if I lose my step and I make fools of all of us? Yeah. And then the next question, will the love continue? when my walk becomes a crawl. And it was this real awareness of, I'm hanging on with value only based on this thing I'd understood about God's beautiful grace. But I'm sure to mess this up at some point because I've messed everything else up. And, and I've struggled that people have let me down, so therefore, am I lovable? And so at some point, God's going to realize I'm not worth it. This question became a very real battle for me in my Christian walk, saved by grace, but now I've got to live to this standard that I don't believe I can attain. So it was a very powerful thing to put words to something that deep inside was a struggle for me. So the song doesn't answer that no. at all. When did you come to that answer? <laughs> Never. Okay. Uh, you know, I go through later on in, in life and it was just this thing that I was, I felt seen in the song, which is what started to, to trigger something beautiful in the change that in the midst of it, I didn't have to have that answer. And this was the, the point of change, but it was a long time to go, what does it mean to live in grace? Not just be saved by his grace and his, but what does it mean to live in it? And what does it mean to have value that isn't about just what he's salvaged out of my wreck? But the reality is I was created in his image. I was beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah. <laughs> that right from the word go, before I feel like I messed anything up, I actually have value. And so when I'm questioning this, what if I stumble? I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall. And will the love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I am not the make or break for Jesus and someone's perception of him in the world. But I can, I can still strive to, to just serve him and be like the model of this guy, Jesus. is one of the most remarkable things that I've ever spent time thinking about. When I look at the consistency of the strength and the beauty of who that man is and go... I know I was born with value. I know that he continues to make something beautiful, even in my brokenness. And I'm going to try and fight to represent that guy, that if the world acted more like the Jesus I read about in the Bible, how good would this place be? But the song also allows you to make that mistake. Like, yeah. I'm always going to strive to be the best mm. I can, but I am going to stumble. We all are going to stumble. We all yeah. are going to make mistakes, but it's what are we doing 
after that and how yeah. we're getting ourselves back up and stuff. I think the most powerful songs don't often give you that answer. Yeah. They ask the question and yeah. make you look at yourself and, and assess that and try and bring an answer forward. Especially in this particular context because the problem usually comes from the obsession that people of faith have with answering everybody's question. We yeah. say it's okay to have doubts. We say it's okay to question. We say it's okay to struggle. But most of us can't handle when somebody else is doing that. And they tell us that they're, they're uncertain and they're struggling with certain things and we want to resolve it for them. Yeah, We want to tell them what they have to think in order to be okay or what they have to do to, in order to be okay. This mystery of the struggle is one of the most beautiful things that I've learned to embrace. That, you know what? I do not have to have my life torn down because I don't have that resolved right now. That it was this concept of, uh, it was entered into my world, this this thing of dualism and non-dualism. So this dualistic thinking is we are left, we are right. We are you know, liberal, we are labor, we are republic or democrat. Yeah, it's, it's we are black and white. right it's, or wrong. And yeah. if you are not on my side, then you are my enemy. Because there's these two options. Yet God is not dualistic. He is God and man at the same time. And it's not a con contradiction. Yeah. And when, when Jesus gives the, this message, he goes, it says, do not commit murder. But I tell you, even thinking in anger about another person and you've broken that commandment. And he's taken things that, that people tried to make black and white and he's gone, that's not how the world is. There is this whole other dimension that can be true without in contra seeming contradiction without it being wrong. I think like what you're touching on there is even more emphasized these days because of the internet and because of people's opinions yeah. and they just throw them out there so willy-nilly and all of a sudden we are enemies just because we disagree on the way to make coffee or something, yeah. you know, like such trivial type things. Huh. And that's only been emphasized more since, you know, yeah. 1995. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said uh, that was on the you might be the only Jesus <laughs> that somebody encounters. Mm -hmm. Because the beginning of the song has a quote from Brennan Manning. Do you know this guy? No. So he's an author, a Christian author, and uh, that's his quote right at the very <sighs> yeah. beginning of the song that says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. We might be the only version of Jesus. And if you're living such a hypocritical lifestyle and, and, and not really backing that up, you're ruining people's chance to meet Jesus because you're not representing him well. And that's overwhelming for a 17-year-old to, to think about that. But that's the reality. Yeah, and it is. And I think sometimes, though, we can frame it in such a way which puts so much judgmental pressure. And I think often we're realizing we beat, it, beat ourselves up enough internally without having to have more of those voices that challenge us to continue to beat ourselves up. So I would these days rephrase that that concept and that challenge of of, you know, hypocritical or, you know, Sunday Christians or whatever to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who is the captain of your ship? And if it's Jesus, what is it that he's calling on us to do with our life in retrospect to him? And for me it's a there's this concept of God's kingdom on earth. Because so much of what we can do is focus on this eternity and this, you know, this you know, getting to heaven to be with him. But there's all this talk about his kingdom on earth and what does that look like? And it actually looks and there's lots of different areas where it's described. But uh, one of the, the concepts of the power of God is the fruit of the spirit. And there's some other lists in different places which talk about something very similar. Yeah. And that God's kingdom on earth is about 
patience and it's about kindness and it's about grace and bearing you know patiently with one another it's about um you know this this faithfulness and it's about this goodness in someone's life and i and i go through these different descriptions and i go okay rather than beating myself up for the times i stumbled what does it look like if every day i think about how do i experience in my life more of who jesus was and the power that's with it and and if I'm pursuing making a difference in the world, how do I help somebody else get a taste of that? And that there was an old Old Testament verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. And that's this premise where I go, can I give someone a taste of who Jesus was? And that's a pursuit. And I'm going to get it wrong lots of times. But if I keep striving for, think about the, the person who gives you the little taste testers at the shopping center. They want you to try the new product. Well, that was my immediate yeah. thought. It's almost like cordial. Like you, you, you hope that it's getting stronger and stronger yeah. and stronger. You might be giving them a weak little cordial, yeah. but then you know over time it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger until they are drinking cordial yeah. and we, full we, strength. Some of the times for me it's going, okay, there's this, this thing that's called the second look project. And the concept of this is someone has a preconceived idea of who God is and, and what it means to be a Christian. And it's built on their experiences or what they've taught, been taught, what they've read. And, and often in Australian culture and in global culture, it's not positive. If you're not in the you know, following Jesus, then you probably, a lot of times, they don't think that that's good. Yeah. And so they interpret the world through that lens. They interpret who he is through that lens. Can I give someone an experience that makes them go, wait, what? That's inconsistent with what I knew. I thought Christians were judgmental and you didn't judge me. I thought Jesus was out to send me to hell and you didn't give me that feeling. Yeah. And that that contradictory information, that thought of someone could take a second look and go, hmm, if that doesn't add up with what I thought, I might need to reassess what I think. Let me have a look at more than I previously would have been. And so my goal is how can I give you an experience that makes you want to take a second look to reassess what you thought was true? And if I can do that, I'm going to mess up heaps of times. But if I can show you humility and grace in my mess ups, then is that not something that might make you take a second look at who Jesus was? <laughs> because don't we all want that freedom? Yeah. I want to live with that freedom and that that without that judgment on myself. And so when someone sees that, you know, I'm not chasing perfection. I'm chasing safety and freedom in my imperfections. I'm in awe. Like the amount of wisdom you are shelling out right now is just like, it's incredible. Like I think that's something that a mission that we all should be trying for. It's something that we all should be striving for. I love it. I hate to bring it back to the song. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get back to that echo whisper rap? No. <laughs> the echo whisper rap four, is just four, four, one four. thing in yeah. this song. Yeah. Like, like you got falsetto, yeah. uh, you got <laughs> echo whisper rap, you got chimes yeah. that come through. There's yeah. even a little bit of a sort of um, Spanish guitar. I would yeah. sort of yeah. throw and in there as you well. And actually, highlighted the the actuality vox grab at the yes. start. Yeah. Like, yeah, also it, it's a messy sort yeah. of song. But <laughs> how how often are you coming back to this one? Because I would probably say that while this is one of the most successful Christian albums of all time, yeah. it has not dated well. No, no, no. And, and I reluctantly brought this to the... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm telling you how much I hesitated because I went... When I was thinking about... And it's the one that came for change that really triggered something powerful. But I went I went and listened to it. And I went, oh my goodness. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That has not aged well. And that's why I joke about the Echo Whisper rap because it just... 
it would not fly very often these days, but it was just powerful in the time. And I think I'm not going to you know, suggest that everyone's going to hear this song and go, yes, but I thought it was an important thing that it triggered in my life that we all need that, even if we don't need the song. And to a 17 year old, absolutely. Like mm. I treasure this album as well. It was one of the first ones I got. I want to say I was roughly 10-ish. Yeah. Yeah. This song spoke to me as well because I was same sort of battles and I reckon there'll be a whole generation of people that were like I can't be perfect I can't be it's impossible and then you hear a song like this and it's like oh I don't have to be yep (laughs) I'm just I just got to try my best remember so much battling in my life feeling like I was the only one so weak to not have been able to deal with some of this stuff until as I got older and this is where it started teaching me all lessons there was some stuff where my dad said to me yeah I know it's tough isn't it me too And I almost yelled at him. What do you mean? Why didn't you tell me this before? Because I've been going through this thinking it's just me and it's just how weak and pathetic I am. But when someone is willing to share their struggles, how much stuff we mess up because it's in that moment is the freedom for everybody. And I'm not the only one who's so weak that couldn't overcome that challenge in my life. I'm not the only one who's battling addictions and losing every day. I'm not the only one who robs time and energy from my children thinking I'm doing the right thing by working hard and letting them down and thinking, oh, I've got to make a better decision. I want to fix it, but I also want to make sure that I don't beat myself up because there's no empowerment and strength that is born out of self vitriol and judgment the power comes where you think we can still do this i can still get stronger and i can still get better and i want that freedom in my life i want that freedom for everybody so let's just be willing to to open up about these struggles more because it's not the answer it's just when you don't feel alone you feel empowered luke you are awesome thank you so much (laughs) it's a pleasure mate i really appreciate it letting me hang out and bring you some some whisper echo rap (laughs) Uh, here it is for everyone now this is DC Talk what if I stumble thanks mate cheers the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable
break my trust I said we'll leave a deadly scar Did they see the fear in This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidang at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>